Hi everyone, it's Izzy and Max, and we're back with a brand new episode. Today, we'll be talking about the American education system and its shortcomings that affect students in the long run. We talked a little bit about this in our last episode in terms of something we wanted to see fixed in the world. And Izzy, I think it's really important to mention that it's problematic that schools don't really teach us to how, how to be people, not just students. And we have to do taxes, we have to make sure our children are cared for. And I feel like in school, which is where we're supposed to learn for our lives so that we're prepped for adulthood, it doesn't really do that to the extent that it really should. Absolutely. And what better way to address these shortcomings than having a panel discussion with four other peers of ours, where we can all speak on our own experiences surrounding this issue, and maybe even some solutions on how to fix it. All right. So with that being said, are you ready to get into it? Yeah, Izzy, let's do it. All right, so this panel discussion is a little bit new, like in terms of like formatting to us, and we're not going to have just one, not two, but four guests in addition to us during this episode talking about the education system and whatnot. So let's welcome them, shall we? Welcome Eleanor, Ben, Gavi, and Leah. How are you guys? Hi. 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 How are you guys? Doing well. Yeah, we're doing good. This is like the biggest conversation we've ever had on this podcast in terms of like the number of people. So I'm excited. So since we have like our introductions in place and everything, why don't we read our three truths of today's questions surrounding issues prevalent in our education system that we'll try to answer during this episode. So Izzy, do you want to read them? Sure. So the first question is, what does the American education system fail to do in terms of preparing students for issues that might face them in the future? The second question is, how does the American education system favor certain groups of students and are there any actions being taken to level out the playing field? And number three, what are some possible solutions to these kinds of issues and do you think that they can feasibly be adopted in the near future? So just to restate the first question, what does the American education system fail to do in terms of preparing students for issues that might face them in the future? So when we were coming up with the idea for this episode, Izzy and I were talking a little bit about how our school, for example, we do an online program that it's like kind of a crash course in financial literacy. And although it kind of is a little bit comprehensive, I wouldn't say that it's really good in terms of like sticking with me long term. Um, I am going to be completely honest. I did it in like literally a weekend. And it was like, I think in the last two weeks of the semester last year. So I just did it to get it over with. And I think it's something that a lot of students dread, but definitely something that people would be more grateful for in the future, like when they're like grown up and stuff. Financial literacy, it's really lacking in a lot of schools in terms of like an actual setting that's like pervasive and also like permanent long term. I remember I did the same exact thing as you. I probably did it in two days. Do not remember a single thing. 
I did it in freshman year, which was not the best year to take something that I'm going to need when I'm, when I turn 18, stuff like that. So I definitely think if schools do start to include more personal finance classes, it should definitely be geared more towards the upper class than the school. I guess to sort of rephrase the first question a little bit to maybe prompt like a little bit more discussion, like if there was anything that you could change about the way that you're learning now or what it is that you're learning now or, you know, what is emphasized, what isn't, like, what would that be for you? I feel like a really big one that is just used by like everyone, no matter what they do, is on people skills. And obviously, in maybe elementary school and kindergarten, you learn about, you know, treating people kindly and to say hello and to say thank you and you're welcome. Obviously, that doesn't really go deep into building relationships and maybe things like applying for jobs, building connections and um, new relationships, which I think is definitely huge um, once you're out of school and in school. I think that's really something that at this point with social work and psychology could be taught in a good way. It's not what you know, it's who you know, because I feel like school only reinforces the what you know part. It's like your knowledge and stuff. Yeah, I completely agree uh, with what Leah, Ben, and Max are all saying. I believe that uh, the school system and educational system is very bad at preparing us for the future. I don't know anything about what jobs I could obtain when I grow older. I don't even know what like the majors do in college. And schools with the four basic curriculum that we have, like language arts, social studies, science, and math, doesn't actually dive deep into what the majors do or give us a sense of what like the real life is and how it's like to have a job. Definitely. And I think all of us being juniors right now, I think that's something that a lot of us have witnessed firsthand recently, especially like, because like we tried all these like different things and we, you know, we came like a big mom of people to like the club fair freshman year and everyone's looking at all the posters and you sign up for every single thing. And then you kind of realize like, actually, what am I doing? Like they said, you know, like get involved and do all these things. But then it's like four years later, like you're kind of expected to sort of know what it is that you want to do. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to add on to what Ben and Gavi said regarding like college majors and applying to jobs. I think that in order to do that, like, first of all, students have to have something that they're passionate about, something they want to pursue. I think majority of um, high school juniors and seniors, they have an area of interest in which they want to pursue in college, but they don't know, like, exactly what they're passionate about. It's more just interest rather than true passion, wanting to pursue something. And I think that schools, the education system doesn't really encourage students enough to follow their passions. Majority of the high schools, you're going to have to take Um, a science class, a history class, a math class, three out of four years of high school, if not four years. And um, schools don't really encourage you to explore out of those core classes, but they kind of force you to take these classes that you may not even be interested in and kind of steer you away from uh, finding your passion, which I think is a big thing that holds students back when going to college and then finding a career path. Going off of what you said, school emphasizes learning for tests 
and learning for exams and scores and building up a resume to get into another school. It, it doesn't necessarily prepare you in the way that it should. I think a lot of schools, especially in our junior year, are very focused on building up like a persona for yourself, even if that's not who you truly are. I think like right now, it's more important to be like individualistic and stuff and like kind of stand out because, you know, college admissions are a huge part, which we'll get into later. But um, I almost think like because we're, you know, trying to be so like independent and individualistic and stuff that like it kind of overshadows like the basic skills and the basic skills obviously aren't really taught as well. I also think like, you know, other things like healthcare, like, or like insurance or like how to buy a house and like get a mortgage um, and like, you know, establish credit. Like those are all other things that like aren't really covered to the extent to which like I want. Like, I do think also like as a parent, it's important to teach like your children about that, but also like not every parent is like super wealthy or like knows how to do that like very well, or like, you know, not everyone has two parents, you know? So the public education system specifically has the responsibility to prepare kids for the future because they're going to be the country. Just to sort of follow up to what Eleanor was saying before, and I think the beauty of having four distinct individuals on here today is hearing a little bit about you personally and some of the things that you kind of wished were different about the way that you've learned or like, like Eleanor mentioned, like some classes, like we're, tossed into these forced classes that we're supposed to take but like and this kind of relates to the third question but for you personally like what's something that you a class you'd want to take or a skill you'd want to learn that you don't feel that in the current environment current situation that you have right now me and um Gavi actually earlier this year did um some work for a class on researching a different kind of education system in which the way it functioned basically was people would just supervise children as they essentially played. And then those interests would naturally become things they want to look into and study. And it was called, I think, student-directed learning or something like that. But the basic premise is that kids will find what they're interested in and you can make anything into a career. And I think really the education system that a lot of us are in is kind of the opposite of that, where it's really rote and it's eight subjects and that's it, six that you're forced to take for basically four years things like art or music, which not everyone may be good at, but not everyone's good at math and they get left by the wayside and the kids who are great at it might not even discover that or may not feel as valued or become great artists and get to hone that skill because it is not with these kind of industrial era skills that we're kind of pushed into that box. And I have seen like a lot of um, musical artists talk about this, that they think that music and art should be more core subjects in school um, because like what's the point of doing work if you're not passionate about it so if the goal of school is to find what your career is going to be and to become proficient in a lot of different stuff then like the options for what you're actually going to go into should be there. Ben said it perfectly with the alternate school system and self-directed learning. One thing to add though was how school actually forms false passions which is something I researched earlier on in the year. And school does this by telling you to follow like certain honors classes for all four years. And you don't really have a chance to branch out. And like Ben said, 
if you're super good at math, you might not get the chance to realize how good you are at something else like being good at art. And this also comes from parental pressures and overall just the environment of society. It could really be dealt with in a different way. And there must be a more liberating option to possibly form like career paths or even just interests and hobbies. I think what you said about pressure is really spot on. School system, especially not just that, but like society as a whole puts a lot of pressure on teens, even from a young age. I remember in middle school stressing, I was like in seventh grade and I remember stressing about getting an A on a test because I was afraid. And then in eighth grade, I wasn't gonna get recommended for an honors class and that was gonna be the end of the world for me. And it was really stressful and you have to learn how to deal with that from a young age, which is obviously not very healthy. But also I think that schools also instill this fear of failure in us. You fail a test or you fail a project or you get a bad grade on something and that ruins your whole average for the rest of the year. And then that ruins your chance of getting into a higher level class for the next year and then getting into a college. Like it's all like a downward spiral. So I feel like if the education system didn't necessarily instill this fear of failure and this amount of pressure on us, we wouldn't be afraid of trying something new and exploring and taking a bit of risk to find what we truly enjoy. Something that I think Ben was kind of talking about earlier, I don't really think that the education system does a great job of like, you know, preparing kids for like careers and stuff and like actually exploring what options they have. Um, but even if like, for example, you have like an aspiring artist and stuff, they might be less motivated to pursue their passion just because, you know, we live in a country which is driven by profits. And I think school sometimes does take the emphasis off the profits because, you know, you have to do certain subjects regardless. And so that might expose you to different disciplines um, in a good way, which I think is actually a good thing about school. But also at the end of the day, when you're going to college, for example, you're faced with this dilemma, like, do I really want to pursue my passion or like, can I pay the bills? You know what I mean? And you don't even really know that because you don't really have the basis of like financial education or like, you know, let's say you don't even barely even know what business is. Like, for example, I, I really like science and stuff and I like barely know anything about business, but I haven't really been exposed to a lot of business like classes and stuff. So I don't even know if I like it or not. So I, I think that's just like kind of an issue because there isn't like a really good contrast there. And I think that kind of needs to be implemented more. And I think a lot of times we're kind of, we, we think that we're like forced to choose between one or the other. Like, as you said, you take a lot of science classes, but that means like as many science classes as you take, it's just that many like less chances for you to explore business. And I think a lot of the times because we have all these other classes that we have to take, the education system makes us only choose one and only hone all of our skills into this one career path that we may not even want, not a career path, but like a major in college or an area of interest that we may not even like maybe one year into college and we realize that we don't like it but we we've spent all this all these years taking these classes in high school and we feel like we have no other option but to continue so i feel like the education system is is should be responsible for letting us explore more than one interest instead of 
pouring in all of our hours and all of our time into one. And we're told ever since we enter high school that colleges, they don't wanna see like a bunch of small activities, but they wanna see you dedicating all of your time to this one thing. And they wanna see consistency and they wanna see that you've really um, done something for one thing for a really long time. And I think that's sort of wrong in the sense that dedicating all these hours means you aren't able to dedicate time to any other things. Yeah, they like kind of try to scare you into something that you are very experienced in, but don't necessarily love. I'm kind of just wondering, like, what are some of the things that you feel that you have gotten out of your education that you feel like have been more beneficial as opposed to harmful? I mean, I think a lot of my classes have been really like enjoyable and interesting. I know that a lot of like my math classes, it's just like, it's been difficult content. It's been stuff that interests me and it's, um, you know, like made me use my mind in a critical way, which I think is important in itself. The English programs have been super beneficial to me because no matter what you're doing, you're going to be using writing skills and you're going to want to be able to be articulate and able to um, express yourself well. It's good to have that practice under the belt for sure, I think. I agree with Ben. School has definitely taught me how to think critically in many occasions, such as my math classes and physics classes. By going to public school myself, we encounter different people in every class and like they might be completely like genius or they might be not that knowledgeable. Working in groups and working with these different kids really allows you to examine what it's like in real life, people you might come across or bosses you might have to deal with. We talked about earlier in the discussion that there um, maybe should be a bigger sense of empathy and like learning how to treat others nicely and learning how to make connections, you know, for the real world. I was just saying one, one of the good things about school, I think, is that it kind of forces you to be social and to learn how to work with others that maybe you're not exactly friendly with, even if it's in a small way, it's a really important skill to start building up at a young age. So why don't we move on to the second question, which is how does the American education system favor certain groups of students and are there any actions being taken to level out the playing field? And Eleanor, I thought you might be able to speak to this because you do go to private school, which is definitely a little different than the public school system, which we all attend. So uh, I was just wondering if you have any thoughts on that. So yeah, so as the college admissions process is approaching, um, a lot of people in my grade and the grade above me were always talking about how some students, because um, a lot of the kids that I go to school with are very wealthy and have parents who went to very prestigious colleges, um, that they are sometimes offered more opportunities um, and better chances or connections when getting into college. And there's a lot of instances where I've heard people in the grade above me saying, oh, like this person, they aren't exactly academically qualified to go to a certain school, but because they used a college counselor outside of school, or they got a bunch of extra help for standardized testing, that they were able to perform higher and appeal their application to these prestigious colleges and receive admission, which I think is definitely not 
prevalent and it's definitely a privilege that a lot of the students at my school have. Um, that's, I feel like a lot of students at my school kind of overlook and take for granted, especially students who have gone to that school for a very long time and have basically been like raised in that school of a private school environment. Um, coming from a public school, I went to public school until like I graduated middle school and I was able to see kind of a difference in attitude within certain people and how they were very privileged and they had a upper hand when applying to colleges or taking standardized tests. There was like something I was reading earlier when I was kind of coming up with the questions for this episode. And um, I read on like a CNBC report that a 2015 analysis found that in each of the three parts of the SAT, this is the old SAT, not the new one with just the two sections. Um, the lowest average scores were among students from families who make less than 20,000 in family income, while the highest averages were among students from the families who make more than 200,000 a year. So I just think that kind of speaks to the inequality that, um, you know, Eleanor was speaking of, just because, you know, a lot of people, they hire tutors or, for example, private guidance counselors, and that will help one get ahead in the process just because they do have, you know, a little bit more wealth. And I also think that's part of the society we live in. But, you know, that's also another downside of the education system. And I think it's important that speaking to the part of the question that, uh, you know, are there any actions being taken to level out of the playing field? Um, I think the UC system just went test blind and also they're phasing it out, I think completely in the next three years for like SAT, ACT, because I think it specifically disadvantages like communities of color. Um, again, this is just like, I remember this from a few months ago, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, I also saw something um, that listed all of the towns in New Jersey and the SAT and ACT scores and you could really see that there were some of the um, prevalently white and wealthier communities have really really high um, SAT scores and then there's some communities that are that are uh, filled with people of color who and maybe are not as wealthy towns and you could see that their scores are way down the list and I think that it's a real issue because when somebody asks, oh, what'd you get on the SAT? And someone says, oh, I got 1300. Someone could take that as, oh my goodness, you did fabulous. And someone could be like, oh, you did, you got a 1300, you did awful. Because someone could have a tutor and someone could be coming from a, a town with a better education system. And someone could be coming from a town that um, has a really bad education system because of funding. And, does not have the money or um, means to get a private tutor or something like that. Yeah, I think the disparity in education with things like race and gender and economic class is definitely discussed a lot and people are starting to make steps in the right direction with that. Bridging to what I was um, talking about a little bit before, I think that in the future is something people will work on as they realize that the subjects that we kind of choose to value so highly like um, math or history are a little bit arbitrary. They don't really correlate to, you know, being a more incredible person or even to more careers necessarily. And I think that definitely advantages student, certain students who have, say, a great memory as opposed to great spatial skills or an eye for design, which are not um, inherently more important skills or more impressive skills. But um, right now, those are definitely valued much higher, and hopefully that gap will close to um, 
adjust for students who have equally valuable skills? Yeah, I think the increase in um, the number of college applications just nationwide this year shows that the education system kind of forced a lot of students to think that if you don't um, get extra help outside of school to get this certain um, score, that you don't, you're undeserving of applying, even applying to a college, and that you just automatically think that you won't have a chance, which colleges have now proved that is it, that it's not true, which I think is great and a step that the education system is taking towards um, steering away from looking at a student just based on their statistics and grades and numbers and more towards who they are as a person and uh, what passions they've pursued throughout high school. So I think that's a great step that um, colleges are taking um, despite the number of applicants increasing and the schools therefore becoming more selective. I think that it's, it was the right decision for that colleges made. I feel like this question is pretty timely just because uh, this week, and this kind of like went viral on a few news platforms that I saw, but I read about it and uh, there were like a few private schools in New York City. I think it was the Dalton School and uh, I think the Burley School or something. Um, one of their presidents resigned just because they were implementing a little bit more of a racially inclusive uh, curriculum. And I think there was a lot of backlash from like parents. And I think it's obvious that, you know, a lot of private schools like Eleanor was able to speak to like, uh, first of all, a lot of people are wealthy because you have to pay additional tuition. And uh, second of all, uh, a lot of private schools are predominantly white. So I think the fact that there's backlash from a lot of like, you know, parents and stuff like that um, kind of shows that there's still a lot of progress to be done in terms of like, you know, implementing curriculum that kind of promotes equality among students. And I also think it's like, it's an important thing to notice because, you know, as like the youth, like it's important to like kind of recognize like that there are inequalities in like the system still, um, although it has gotten significantly better since, you know, the time I think all of our parents applied to college and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I just thought it was like something current that I could mention. So I guess like every time we do an episode, it's kind of like addressing a problem, but just as important as addressing the problem is addressing a solution. And um, we were kind of, I mean, we touched on this a little in terms of like what you personally may have wanted or just in general thought might be better to like sort of help some of the issues we spoke about earlier. But overall, like what are some solutions or strategies that you think like different school systems should use to maybe go about like fixing the things that clearly a lot of students are like the issues that a lot of students are facing and the struggles that they're feeling internally about the way that it is they're learning and like the emphasis on certain things and the lack of emphasis thereof on other things. So I was wondering if any of you could sort of speak on like, what would you do differently? Like if you were the principal or whatever it is or the board or whatever, like what would you do? One thing that I think um, that schools should begin to implement, I know some universities do this, is kind of creating a more open curriculum for students. So I know some universities like right as you enter freshman year, um, there are no required classes. So you can basically pick and take whatever classes you want that pertain to your interest or major. Um, obviously in high school, uh, there, is, there is a certain level I think of required classes that need to be taken in order to find your interests. But I don't think it has to be to the extent that we have to take. I don't think that four years of math or four and taking all the way up to like AP calculus and after that, if you're not 
like interested in math, I don't really think that's necessary. So I think that the first step that schools should take um, in guiding students to open their mind to more passions and areas of interest is creating a more open curriculum. Definitely agree with that. And I also think um, schools need to maybe, I guess, I would think, I don't think teach their teachers, but I think that teachers need to start emphasizing to students that they want to teach them to learn and not necessarily just to do well on a test or an exam. Because I think once that happens and students aren't necessarily so focused on doing super well on every single test and not, and then just forgetting the information after or not really enjoying what they're learning, students can be more open and willing to try new things and experience new subjects and stuff like that. Yeah, you definitely brought up like a good point about how school is just overall just such a result driven thing. Like everything is driven by how will this present myself to the rest of the state or like how does our how would our school rank with other schools or just it's very like result oriented and like short term, I guess, in that sense of like producing a result, moving on and sort of like checking a box in terms of like courses that are offered or just things that are taught. And I think that what you mentioned about teachers and kind of teaching them in a way, like there's something to be said for teachers that like, I feel such a difference in the teachers that I can tell are truly passionate about what it is that they're saying and what it is that they're teaching and overall my performance and enthusiasm and growing passion for that class. Like, even if it's an area that I may or may not have thought that I was like interested in, like seeing a passion of like a teacher or the person like driving the course presenting the information has such a big difference like you could look at the history textbook and be like this is the boringest stuff I've ever seen like why do I want to learn every single battle that happened in U.S. history like this is so boring but if your teacher presents it in such a way that and maybe it's not even a subject that you liked that is just more engaging more interactive like it completely can change the scope of your interest the scope of you know, what it is that you intend to do and something that you may or may not even be passionate about. So yeah, that's something try to fix too. Um, yeah, I think someone brought up how a lot of colleges don't have um, like a system where you need to go through um, specific classes. But I feel like even a system like a lot of colleges have now where you need to tick off certain boxes and then you can go into what you're interested in could even be applied to younger ages. I think people like underrate how much little kids know what they're interested in, um, even in elementary school. And if you think about adults who hated algebra as kids and really like maybe were forced to go up to algebra two, let's say, and then stopped once they got to college, they, they don't know how to do algebra because they never cared and they never want to learn about it. And it really doesn't last. So I think, um, you know, maybe getting people to a certain level, a lot of subjects, and then it stops becoming useful if they're not interested. And so once people are done with adding and subtracting and dividing, you know, maybe you can drop it at a younger age and go into whatever interests you. I think one thing Eleanor mentioned earlier um, that I like really like is like open curriculum, like how important that is and how like more high schools should incorporate that into like their overall process. Um, although I think like colleges, it, you know, the education system, it falls under high school and we're all high school students, but I don't like how, you know, for example, at my school, technically I think there is a three-year math requirement. So I think for, to a certain extent, I don't know if that necessarily entails an open curriculum, but I think 
technically you have a little bit more leeway in terms of like how many classes you have to take per subject. So I think that colleges shouldn't necessarily pit someone uh, or it shouldn't be necessarily an, a disadvantage to someone if they don't take a math class or a Spanish class all like four years. Like for example, I don't really want to take Spanish next year just because I it's like by far my worst subject. I don't know why I just don't have a knack for languages. And because of that, I, I still feel like I have to take it next year because, you know, I don't really want it to look bad on my college application. And I don't want it to look like I just gave up something just because, you know, I felt like it and just wanted like a, an extra free or whatever. And I just don't feel like we have like as much of like that option because I feel like college is holding against us. I just always heard like it would be, it would look bad if I dropped like a certain subject, like midway through high school or something like that. So um, I think definitely that's something colleges need to work on too, in terms of evaluating high school students. I completely agree with the open curriculum and how it provides much more opportunity and how it shouldn't be so important to take all the requirement classes and how colleges will view you badly if you drop something like your fourth year Spanish class. But I also wanted to add how I believe the best classes in my high school are things like science research and AP seminar and AP research, which actually allows you to think about real world applications to problems and like questioning how society acts and what's wrong with society. And just that critical thinking actually develops a lot of passions, number one. And number two, it just makes you like school a lot more. I was actually like that. I was kind of thinking about that because courses like that, like science research, which is what it's called in our school and AP seminar and things like that, that foster like a certain set of skills that everyone that takes the class is going to get, but also a sense of individuality and what it is that you're pursuing and diving deeper into is just a really great like combination and you pick up a lot of skills from those kinds of research-based classes like personally I feel like I um as someone in science research like that's definitely fostered a big love for me of you know just finding answers to questions and like thinking critically as you said Gavi and overall like I think high schools should try to like facilitate more programs like that and things that you know, cause students to go out of their comfort zone to not necessarily have a distinct answer to everything that they're going to search on the internet. Like it's not going to be that easy and requires struggle and grit and all these different things that are way more valuable in the long term than some of the things that we do learn. And like also like internshipy things, like opportunities like that, where you're learning how to engage in a certain field or workplace could be helpful and just like giving students the ability to pick up those people skills because in some ways like when you're just sitting in your desk in a classroom and someone's lecturing to you like there has to be a really really good strategic stylistic approach to teaching that lecture for you to pick up people skills at the same time so adding things like that would be good too. Um, I've also found that I really like courses where you're given freedom to kind of find your own answers rather than content-driven AP courses, such as like US history or, you know, where you're kind of just, all this content is like dumped on you and you just have to memorize it. My school offers this program called Senior Focus, where when you become a senior, it kind of, it serves like the same credits as a core class. And 
you're given a semester to research any topic of your choice that you want to pursue in college and work with um, like people who work in that field and interview people and you write you end up right making like a presentation of what you've researched at the end at the end of the semester and I've talked to a lot of seniors who have done the program and they say that it's very eye-opening and it gives them a lot of certainty of what they want to pursue in college so I think it would be great if like that became a, a program that's offered like at any school because I think it's really essential to um, finding out what you want to pursue in college and kind of um, solidifying your interests. That's what I was kind of going to say. Um, our high school kind of has like at the end of um, senior year, I don't know if it's like a couple months or a couple weeks, but I'm sure everybody has heard about senioritis and how once you're in college, like you don't want to be learning history and you don't want to be learning math or whatever it is. And our school offers like an opportunity to instead of coming to school, you take an internship um, for the last couple months of school. And I think that's really, really cool because instead of maybe really struggling through these last couple months of your high school experience and trying to stay interested in something that, you know, there's no, there's no like more like goal to because you've already sent in your applications and all that stuff. You actually have an opportunity to explore more of your interests. I wanted to say uh, one thing. I wanted to thank you guys for inviting me on to the Truth of the Youth episode. And I think I'm speaking for everyone when I say that. Yeah, thank you for inviting us on. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. Thanks, guys. Thank no, you we were guys so happy to have you on. Yeah. We, we, I don't know. It's so much fun just t talking to like new people. I mean, like, not that like you guys are new people, but like, you know, just on the podcast because we have people on and like you're definitely all people that we have like talked about having on. So I'm glad it kind of came together. So that was a wonderful way to wrap up this episode. I really like the panel discussion style. We'll definitely do it again in the future. And be sure to let us know if you liked it too, because, you know, it could be interesting. Like I can picture some of you guys like on a walk right now with your earbuds in and hearing like a couple of different voices, which is kind of refreshing and kind of fun. But, um, you know, this is definitely an important conversation to have. It's definitely important to sort of look at like, the way that we learn, like we're literally in school for so much of our day. And I think like increasingly that will um, become more prevalent now that we're hopefully in this home stretch of Corona and everything, but you know, like things have already gotten better. Like we've been going to school, actually interacting with other human beings, sitting at desks with other human beings, which is really nice and refreshing. And I'm definitely confident that, you know, like a lot of young people and really just overall the podcast, you know, people that we've had on have sparked so much change in the community, despite being so isolated. I think that's kind of even made people want to speak up for the things that they believe in. And this is definitely a topic of conversation that came up a lot. And firsthand, we really got to see this year, like how important education and how much it grounds us in a way um, and how integral it is for society to learn and what it is that they're learning and how the they're learning it and what exactly they're gaining from it. And I think we hit on all those things with our guests. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I know it's going to be a little bit more of a difficult thing to go back to school in person and, you know, hopefully make changes that maybe we suggested and, 
five, 10 years. And I hope it's sooner rather than later, but I really do think like eventually like people will get to see like, this is like what school is meant for. It's not just like, you know, the short term pass a test mindset. Like I think Leah was talking about and pretty much everyone too. Um, but I think it's just a really important conversation to have, like you said, Izzy, and hopefully, you know, some of the things we mentioned will come to fruition eventually. I think with that being said, if you guys uh, liked this episode format, please let us know by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there, uh, so we can make the truth of youth even better for you guys. And if you have any specific feedback for the podcast, you know what to do. Just hit the link tree, fill out our feedback form, or if you want to come on the podcast, maybe participate in one of these panel discussions about any topic of your choosing, definitely go uh, check out the link tree as well. We have a come on the podcast form. So yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you soon. Bye guys. Bye.